Welcome to Detox to Rehab's True Stories of Addiction podcast series. Today's guest is TJ as he shares his story of recovery. I didn't ever want to let anyone in because I didn't think they'd like me if they knew who I was for me, like truly knew me. So I kept everyone out, like I had this bubble around me. I tried drugs for the first time when I was around 15 years old, maybe 16. Uh, I went on a, on a trip with a bunch of friends from school. We went snowboarding and some dude on the trip had a bag full of ecstasy. You know, I was, I was hooked on drugs from the first time I tried it. Um, did ecstasy the next three days of that trip, went home and continued to roll or use ecstasy for like the next two years throughout high school, um, almost every weekend. You know, shortly after that, I, I started drinking. You know, everything kind of changed. When I drank, it's like that bubble just popped, right? It went away. Um, all of a sudden, you know, I could fit in a lot better. I, I wasn't in my head thinking about, should I say this, should I do that? You know, I never really wanted to face my feelings or kind of deal with anything that was happening around me and just kind of drown my problems so that I never had to confront them or face them. I graduated high school, barely, and then I went to the University of Arizona. But I got academically disqualified from U of A my sophomore year because I couldn't go to class. Even if I could go to class, I didn't want to go because I'm an alcoholic, I'm an addict. I chose to go get high and go drink and go party instead of going to school. So I got academically disqualified. I left U of A. I had a good opportunity there and I wasted it. I moved back home with some buddies from U of A who also got kicked out for drug use and for drinking. So we thought it would be a a great idea to move in together. We moved into an area where there's a lot of bars, a lot of drinking, a lot of partying, um, and we did that for another couple years. The using, you know, the partying, it was all fun, right? It was still all fun. There were those times when I'd be isolated and I didn't really think about whether it was fun or not. It just, it was what it was. I had to drink, you know, I had to do drugs. I got my first DUI, you know, didn't really face the consequences, did like two weeks in jail for 12 hours a day lying to everyone around me. I started stealing things, stealing money, stealing uh, things that I could sell for money. Nothing mattered to me anymore except getting loaded. When our lease was up, they left and left me on my own, didn't want anything to do with me, and I don't blame them. And uh, after that, you know, I, I had some people kind of come into my life and tell me that I needed to change, that you know I might be an addict, an alcoholic, that I had some serious problems. You know, that seed was planted that there's recovery out there and that you know when I'm ready, um, I can go get it and I can change and I don't have to do this anymore. But I wasn't ready. I got sent to a halfway house, but I didn't even make it a week. I didn't want to be there and I ended up getting high in the halfway house. I tried heroin for the first time. The second time was the next day. This should have been a big turning point in my life, and I think a lot of people can relate to something like this happen, especially people who use heroin. Um, I, I went with this guy from my halfway house to like a trap house, like a real trap house or a crack house. Uh, we walk in and it's you know, a bunch of people that are pretty much homeless, they're all a lot older than me, and uh, he's got a bunch of money, so he hands me a bunch of meth, a bunch of heroin, and a bunch of Xanax, and I don't like anything about myself. You know, Things are worse than they've ever been. So uh, the next thing I know, I wake up in the hospital, and what, uh, what had happened was the police were called, and they found me on the side of the road laying on the sidewalk dead. My clothes were soaking wet. They must have thrown me in the shower or threw water on me or something. Nobody knew me, um, but they carried me out to the side of the road and called the, called the police. Uh, ambulance pulled up, hopped out, came over to me on the sidewalk, gave me the Narcan shot twice, saved my life. And after that overdose, I wish that I could sit here and tell you that I changed everything, um, that I stopped using drugs and got sober. 
I continued to get high for another three years. I went to jail for a little while, I was on probation, I violated, I went to jail. I got out and I moved back home with my mom. I don't know how I convinced her to let me in. I manipulated her to let me live with her and I met a girl. And then uh, one day I caught her using heroin and I didn't know she was using it, but um, I don't know, I had an idea and, and, I, and I caught her doing it. Went right back to where I left off before I went to jail. Uh, we ended up somehow finagling our way into an apartment somewhere, you know, breaking entering into people's homes and stealing their stuff. Um, that didn't turn out well. I ended up with a grand jury indictment. I was hit with some less charges than her because I didn't have drugs on me at the time the sheriffs raided our apartment. So I got out of jail. Uh, it was October 5th. My probation officer told me to go to this halfway house or sober living house, and uh, I didn't go, obviously. I, I, thought I, you know, I thought I knew better. You know, I immediately went back to using heroin. I immediately went back to doctor shopping and getting pres prescriptions of Xanax. So I was just in jail a week ago saying, I'm never gonna do this again, and here I am doing this exact thing again. You know, just that pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. I was open-minded to what the people around me were saying. I, I didn't go to detox. I had seizures on my second night in the halfway house. The ambulance came, um, you know, almost died again coming off the drugs. I lived. Again, something's going on there to keep me around. You know, the chemicals in my brain started balancing out. I started to feel normal again. When I was about eight months sober, I had some new charges come up from the past. Um, you know, I had gotten three DUIs while I was out there using. My, my third one came through, and I had to go to jail for six months uh, when I was about eight months sober. I had to basically sleep there from 4, 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. every day, and then get out to go to work Monday through Saturday. Um, you know, take a two and a half hour bus ride to work, two hours back, you know, because I didn't go two minutes without thinking, how am I gonna get high next? That's all I thought about, how am I gonna get high? Until finally I got high, you know, a few minutes I was okay, and then it was right back to, how am I gonna get high? You know, what am I gonna steal? How am I gonna get money so that I can go get more dope? That was gone, all right? It's been a long time since I've thought about getting high or drinking. There was an amazing group of people around me that I still have today, and, and they were there to give me support, and that was extremely important to me. I found those people that had the things that I wanted. I wanted to be like them. I wanted their sobriety, um, their happiness, their relationships with family and friends, and I just, I just kind of grabbed onto their coattails and followed them around everywhere. I did everything they said. I have a little brother. I didn't mention that until now. Um, I had a little brother who I was close to when I was young. When I left for college, I didn't talk to him for two years. He would call me. He was dealing with my parents' divorce. He needed my help. He wanted to talk to me, and I wasn't there. I didn't pick up the phone. I didn't call him back. Um, he went through a very difficult time in his life, and his older brother wasn't there to help him you know, or to be there for him. And it was tough to forgive myself for that when I first got to the rooms. So I got to spend my birthday uh, playing golf with my little brother. Um, we just had a holiday uh, a couple weeks ago, and he brought his girlfriend up, and I met her, and you know it was awesome. I've had one real attempt at getting sober, at recovery. I hear uh, relapse discussed as if it is a mandatory part of the process of sobriety, like it has to happen or happens to everybody, and that's not the case. Right, I mean, I'm here, I haven't relapsed. You know, my life isn't over. I don't plan on it, and I have things that I do every single day uh, to ensure that you know, I don't go back to using drugs or drinking alcohol. You know, that, that next drink or drug is always right in front of me. You know, I, I have 
a strong spiritual life today. Um, and I have certain tools that I've picked up through treatment and through the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, I mean, it, I think it's just important to know that there is a better way out there. For me, seeing all these people that, that were living their life in that better way, people that were right where I was at, people I could relate to, you know, people that had s experiences just like me who are just as hopeless and broken as I was, they're sober. Right? I mean, they're out there and they're happy and they have families and friends and, and jobs and careers and relationships and, you know, life is great. It's not very far away. All you have to do is ask for help. There's plenty of avenues out there where you can get the help that you want or the help that you need. I know I, I at one point was at the end of my addiction and using, I was sitting there thinking that I didn't deserve any help. Look at all these things that I've done to my family. You know, I don't have children, but you know, if you have kids, friends, you know, everyone around you, the random old person on the street when you snatch your purse and you know, steal her car, we do bad things when we're using, but that doesn't mean that you're a bad person. That means that you're an addict, you're an alcoholic. The fact that that hurts you and that makes you feel like shit and like you don't want to do that anymore is a good thing, right? If you don't feel bad about the things you're doing, maybe then it's time to worry a little bit. People all, all over the world who would be more than happy to show you the way to sobriety and the way to happiness and the way to living life and never having to pick up another drink or drug again. Thank you for listening. Please join us next week as we share more true stories of addiction. 